Welcome to episode 287 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 287 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm very good, Bevan. And you? I'm, I'm actually pretty fantastic. That's good to hear. It's been a pretty big, busy weekend for me. Good. But um, I've survived. Okay. And I'll tell you what, uh, we've advanced on from show 287 from show 18, which I somebody asked about peeing on the bike today. Yeah. Um, and so I just had a look and found out when we first did it, it was episode 18. Really? It was episode 18? It was the first time. We redid it once and... Had a quick listen to, to so we were up, we were pretty poor. Back then. Really, really? <laughs> we were up that game a little bit. 200, 250, 260 shows later, I went back and listened to the first show a while ago, and we, yeah, we we're really bad. We we're really kind of like, and I'm Bevan, and I do triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> I talk is proudly brought to you by coffeesofwai.com, the world's most tastiest coffee. Athlinks.com. A great place to put all your results from all the amazing races that you do. And extreme endurance. If you're looking for the electric buffer to help you recover better and become a better athlete, check out xendurance.com. Okay, and this week's show we've got, we've got news, we've got website of the week, we've got an interview with, who is it, John? Andrew, the Messiah Messick. I don't think he likes the Messiah, John. No, I think he was trying to get us to get rid of that pretty quickly. So Andrew is the uh, C, is he CFO? No, he's CEO. We'll call him CEO. We're not, we haven't really done our piece on that, but he's pretty much the, the head honcho at WTC, and we had an interview, about a 20-minute interview, around some new stuff they've just released, and it's well, actually it's, a, it's an exclusive, isn't it? It is. We've got a world, we've got a world, we've got a world first here again. We're tight. We're tight. So uh, he's on for about 20 minutes, and he talks about some other things they've been doing over the last period of time. Uh, we've got some questions and answers, and it's pretty much this week's show. So the first thing we need to talk about is news. And last weekend we had Iron Man Cosimo, Cosimel. The Ford Iron Man Cosimo. The Ford. Oh, we're doing the sponsor thing. That's right. We're friends with WTC now. No, so we're, we're friends with all race organisers. Any race yeah, organisers, I'm putting it out there. Okay, so we and, – and, John, I did get some feedback, and I don't have this email in front of me right now, but someone's saying that it was just a draft fest. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah, they, they were just saying, actually, you start talking results, I'll try to pull out the email. So, apparently, it was um, relatively tough conditions as well, quite a high attrition rate, and uh, I was picking uh, Matthias Hecht before the race to take it out, and he DNF'd, apparently, he's leading relatively early on um, and pushing the pace on the bike, but hasn't featured in the top 10, and I didn't scroll all the way down to see if he finished or not, but he was he was out of there. Last week, Bevan said, oh, what about Michael Lovato? And I said, he's got no chance. What, what happened, John? And he managed to take out the race. He was uh, 48 minute 47 in the swim, solid. Looking at the, at the other guys, that was a pretty solid swim. 4.29 on the bike. Out of the top 10 that I've got in front of me here, that's uh, um, the fastest bike split. And then he just pulled off a 3.01.41 on the run. So not the strongest run, um, but that was enough to give him a fairly comfortable victory, seven-minute victory. So his time was 8.23.52, which is it's not a bad time. Well, well, just, just as a side note, from Nick, it was Nico who sent through the email, and he was just saying it was for the age groupers, it was pretty much giraffe fest. He said it was pretty crazy. But he was saying that... Um, the winds were just crazy. He said howling winds and like in Kona type of heat, and then ice cold rain coming halfway through the race. So lots of people dropped out of the race. So yeah. it looks like it was a pretty hard day at the office. Whenever you go to a relatively flat, big numbers course, you're going to have these days. You just got to have to expect there's going to be some drafting there, and hopefully it's policed really well. But flat races these days with thousands of people on them, it's mm. pretty hard when everybody comes out of the swim between you know 55 and 70 minutes. Um, so we had Patrick Eva. Don't touch your cord. Don't touch my cord. Yeah, oh, see? dear. Oh, yeah. sorry about that, listeners. Yeah. Um, Patrick Evo was second in uh, eight hours 30. He uh, just basically stayed a sort of steady distance behind the whole way and couldn't make up the ground. He ran 2.59. Um, Alejandro Santa Maria was third. He came That's a home, great name. Um, with one of the faster run splits of the day with a 2.52, and he finished up with 8.32.50. I wish I had a name like that. I like my name. Bevan James is a good name. John Newsom is yeah. a good name, but Alessandro Santa Maria. You Tell know. you, man. When, when, you, when you and Joe start popping out sprogs. That's what the first name. Alejandro. <laughs> Alejandro. Zach Rubble was fourth, and Andre Latskvi was Fifth. Now, on the girls' side of thing, you've only got one result here. What's well, happening? That's because when I did the show notes, there was only one result up there, but I've, I've got the other ones now here. Okay. So, uh, Simone Bentz took out the race um, after a 
dominating display on the bike in the swim. She swam 48.57, so that's uh, right up there with most of the top guys. And then she blasted out a very strong ride, 4.45. And when you're looking at a lot of the guys, yeah, you know, that's... high 4.40s or, or 4.50s. Yeah, so. she must have been right up there off, off the bike. Um, faded on the run, um, but she had a massive lead. So she ran a 3.25 to win with 9.14.08. Uh, What'd she win by? Because Rico was saying she dominated Dojo. Well, she did, but you end up winning by the second place was uh, 9.23 Sonia Tasik who I was uh, picking to do quite well last week and then Sophie de Grote was third and 9.26 so really tight battle there for second place only three minutes and she must have run through there uh, I did read on one of the, the live updates that uh, Yvonne Van Vlerken, um was just having a horrible day and, oh, okay. uh, and I'm not sure if she finished or not Okay John well, over the last few days we've had the Ultraman World Championships happening from a, it's not in Kona is it it's in yeah, this is oh, it's in Big Island. Big Island, okay, Big Island in, in Hawaii. And I've only read up to day two's update. So at the end of day two, Jonas Colting was just in front of the other guy. What's the other guy's name? Mike uh, Coglin, probably. Coglin, yeah. yeah. And, and Colting had actually had a six-minute penalty. And the reason why – did you read why it happened? I didn't understand why he got it, no. Well, because what happens is in the race, they have rulings around what your support crew – because you have a support crew, and mm. your support crew cannot be blocking – Traffic, and so it seemed from the report that I read that basically what was happening was he was riding up a hill and his support crew was behind him in their van, <clears throat> but they were slowing down traffic behind them. Mm-hmm. They had three warnings, and the fourth warning there was like, "No, you get a six-minute penalty." Oh, okay. So, and and at the end of day two, Colting had maybe about a ten-minute lead over the what was Mike Coglin. Mike Coglin, and uh, and but people were thinking that Coglin would take it out because he could run a lot faster than Colting. What happened, John? Well, what happened was uh, Jonas didn't uh, DNF'd. Uh, oh, I DNF'd. So, yeah, so he, oh, he started well, off on the run. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that I would say is, is Jonas was posting some uh, some video video clips, and uh, I just watched the day two one. And it looked horrendous. You know, you've obviously got your Kona wins, which you always yep. expect, but it just—he was just could not go on and on about it enough. How strong the wins were. What happened at the start of day two is they the first twenty miles of the ride they started as a group and it was neutralised uh, because a tree had been blown across the road. Okay. Uh, but it just—he just went on and on about how brutal it was, and he suffered like a dog on that second day, big time. And uh, yeah, as you said, his, his lead got whittled down, and the guy that ended up winning it, Alexander. Bero, oh, it, so, so they've got an even win? No, I think it's his fifth, fifth time uh, winning it, and he's a good runner. Uh, so Jonas, I think, he was he was a bit worried after that second day, and he was looking pretty beat up, and obviously the, a leg injury sort of took took toll, and he, he DNF'd. So Alexander Ribeiro took it out 22 hours and nine minutes, and he had a 10-minute victory over Mike Coglin. Mike Coglin came on Epic Camp um, several years ago, and... Uh, and he was one of the that uh, I'm going to give him the gold star for. Oh, for, he gets the gold star, John. Gold star for somebody who nuked themselves the most on Epic Camp. Oh, really? Um, he just went for it in the first uh, number of days, and this Jonas was on that camp as well, as well as Klaus and Stephen Bayless. It was one of the last ones where we had quite a strong contingent of pro athletes, and. He just nuked himself uh, to stay with him, and he did stay with him very, very well for most of the camp, but he wiped himself out for quite a long period oh, really? after that. <laughs> uh, so very, very gutsy athlete, but fantastic result for him to finish second, uh, only 10 minutes down, but his run is, is not as strong as his bike, so I think the other guy probably would have got a nice buffer and then just sort of... And what, what happened on the girl side of things? Girl side of things, Amber Montfort, who I believe from memory set a course record again last year. Yeah. She won in 24.42 for nearly a four-hour victory, and that would have placed her in sixth place overall. Um, Miro Kruger was third on the guys' side of things, and on the girls, Venusa Marcel was second, and Lively Consola, no, Consola Lively was third in 29 hours 35. So that's pretty interesting. It's one of those races that has a limited field anyway, but it would be it'd be a cool race to do, wouldn't it? Uh, it doesn't, doesn't hold a lot of appeal for me. Oh, <laughs> but but, it? but it's, it's, it's a very unique one. You've got all the... You've got the elements against you. You've got the cone of heat against you. You've got, you got very, the fact you're doing the long run on the last day. Yeah, yeah. And, and a very challenging course. You know, it's, it's very hard on the bike. Um, so... Yeah, it would be an extremely tough challenge. Okay, well, this weekend coming up, we've got the SunSmart Ironman Western Australia race happening, and it's a 2,000-point race. Good. But it's only got 25,000 k for the for the prize purse. Now, that's per six? That's, that's total. Total prize yeah, for 25,000 really. Um, but they have got this shit together, John. That's what you've got here. Yeah, <laughs> they have, because I complain about this all the time, about, um, firstly, um, race organisers not having... 
exposure on, on ironman.com, not building exposure. They had an article up there, another fresh one went up um, today as well. So building a bit of hype there, which is good. And well, we've, got, we've, got a, we've got a pretty good field, haven't we? You know, if, yeah. Like you've got Luke McKenzie, who had a, a, a bit of a breakthrough race getting ninth in Kona you know, just a couple months back. He's racing. You've got Timo Brag, got mm. fifth in the World Championships this time. Courtney Ogden, he had a pretty strong Kona this year. So And he won last year. And you've got Mark Twelsick uh, as well, who, who will really set things up on the bike and try to hammer it. And then you've got the Aussies, um, Jason Shortest, Mitch Anderson, Leon Griffin. Who are previous winners. Yeah, so I think all in all. Um, given is Mitch Anderson racing as a pro now? I don't know. Because remember, yes, he, he was a controversial figure for a period because he'd won this race before. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to win, win his age groupers and people were like, well, wait a second. And he was saying, well, you know what, I'm studying and working full time. So I'm not a pro athlete, and it'll be interesting to see if he races as a pro this weekend. Yes, and if he doesn't, how far up the field he can finish. On the girls' side of things, not, not as strong. Uh, you've got Kate Bevilacqua, uh, Hilary Biscay, and Carrie Lester. To, 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 to you know what's really good? When, the w, when they do their P's, they've done it well, haven't they? Yeah, totally. Because we look like we really know our stuff, but what they've done is they've put their great results next to their names. It's easy. You didn't do that, did you? No. No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> we give them a hard time, but we don't do that. So P's. something like Western, Ironman Western Australia, good work on doing your P's there and uh, and getting some of those names out there. You are leading the way for all other Ironman directors in the world. That's right. That's what you're doing. Okay, we've also got the Phuket Asia Pacific 70.3 Championships happening. We've got 30 Kona slots in this race and it's a pretty decent field, isn't it? It's it's better. I mean, it's it's what I would call a, a reasonably strong well, no, a strong 70.3. Would yeah. you call it a championship level? Don't know, but I mean, they're, they're trying to make an effort to create these championship races for the elites and for the age group who get prize money. What happens here? Who, how do you qualify for the this one? Like, can you just turn up? Or? Well, they have two. As far as I understand, they have two races over there. They have the championship race, which you need to qualify via a seventy point three race in the Asia Pacific region. Or they also just have the standard seventy point three um, event. Uh, oh, as well. okay. So that's sort of how it works. But both yeah. on the same weekend. Basically, race you're, you're, yeah, you're racing the same race, but okay. yeah, it's just you're in a, in a different dif- different division. So uh, good, good field. Yeah, Michael Rayler, Chris Liado, Faris Sultan, Chris Lee, um, Kiagna Massimo, who who won the um, uh, the Phuket Triathlon there last weekend. Richie Cunningham, Maddie Reed, um, Paul Ambrose, and then on the girls' side, things you should see Melissa Rollinson uh, dominate things, and Belinda Granger and Natasha Badman racing. Wow, and. Uh, yeah, so not not a bad field. So it'd be good to see uh, good to see how things roll. Now, out didn't Jacobs win it last year? Mm, I, I don't think so, but oh, I can't okay, remember okay. who did. Yeah. But I don't think he did. We've got the Timex two two six happening in the Philippines, and we've also got the Iron Puta happening in Uruguay, and we've also got the Hits Palm Spring. Now, this is, is the first Hits race, I, I believe it is. So I'm really interested to get some feedback from anybody who does this because they, it's it's one of those festival type events where they've got all the different distances, but they are going big time. You know, they put on a lot of races for the next uh, next twelve months, and we talked to Dave Scott about it. He was pretty excited about it, and he, he felt that they were going to take things to the next level in terms of organisational athlete experience. So really keen to hear from anybody that races there um, as to as to how it goes. So either pop, what, pop us an email or post it on Facebook. Do you know what? I think about this whole starting new series. I just had a thought, and I'm just okay. going to have a revelation, and I'm going to share it to the world. Yeah. You know, if you look in my industry, you, you tend to find that, you, you, like, I'm not sure if hits will be successful, and, and purely based on nothing other than I just had this thought right now. But if you look at uh, the fitness world, there seems to be a split in what's been happening in the fitness world over the last few years, and you get that there's real split in divisions around how you do things. And so if you're a high-end gym, so I work at Les Mills, which is pretty much the high-end gym in New Zealand, and to try to compete with us is, is kind of a little bit silly, you know, because we've pretty much got the market owned. It's a very expensive way to get into the game, and our, our systems and our services are pretty sharp, so it's not to say that we can't be beaten and it's not that there's no vulnerability in our business, but if you're looking at coming into the industry, and this is what's kind of happened over the last couple of years, you kind of don't want to put your energy there. You're actually better off than what's happening in the fitness industry is that there's now that become this real low-end market. So uh, Anytime Fitness, um, the Snap Fitnesses, which are these very small gyms, don't really offer much in the way of service, but very cheap to run and very you know pretty good profit margins because you don't really offer anything in, in the experience. And I kind of look at someone like Hits, and they, they, you know obviously WTC set the market. And all these other companies are coming in, they're going, you know, well, and Rev3 as well, you know, well, we can offer a little bit better customer experience, you know, you, 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 know, you can have the family around and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, maybe it's more that some companies need to come at it and go, well, let's try 
on top of total opposite direction, actually don't try to offer the service, but offer a real raw race experience where it's a little bit cheaper. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to go try to compete with WGC, it's a pretty hard battle. And because Challenge has that real established market, you know, Challenge is probably the only person who really can seriously at this moment. And so maybe it's more, what can we do? And I don't know if it's the low-end product, but what so, can you do different that's totally different to what WTC is different? Because I don't think offering just a little bit better service is the key. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what, what they actually do. Uh, but I, I, people have discussed with me about putting on low-end races, and, and A, there's, there's, there's no money in it. Yep. Um, and I, I generally get the feeling that your punters, your, your, your bigger part of your market, I mean, for, for, the, for, the, for the high-end athletes that want a, a race rather than an, an experience, um, there's a demand there, but that's only your sort of maybe top 20%. You know, you've got to look at the old bell curve and think where the majority of your market is coming well, I suppose, from. I suppose, I suppose my point more is maybe it's, it's no end because I'm just looking at the fitness model there, but it's more – you, I don't think you can go, we're going to be a little bit better at WTC and these small couple of things. I think you've got to come at it and to- do something that's totally left field that you, almost WTCs couldn't do because they've got this established model. Well, I guess that's what they're doing with it. We're offering so many different events. They're trying to go for that festival thing with WTC. They put on an Ironman and, and that is it. The other ones, uh, you know, Rev, Rev 3, they're trying to create a series where, where you've got a, a, an Olympic, a, a half, a full. Um, they're, they're trying to match them on, on TV coverage as well. Um, I think my understanding with the Hits one is it's, Domestic racing, you know, they won't give a toss about what we think of it in New Zealand. They'll be totally thinking about um, a domestic product that is pitched much more at the middle middle level, you know, low low to middle level athlete, participation-based, whereas I mean, I mean, that's the other thing you've got to look at. All the races are selling out, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, there's, so there's a massive over-demand for events, but you're totally right. They've got to be offering something a little bit different. Yeah, and to and, be honest, I'm not being critical of Tits here because I don't, I, I don't know much about what they're doing, but I'm just thinking if I were going to go to try, if I had a lot of money to compete and I wanted to put it into a triathlon, I don't know if trying to do a better version of what WTC is doing is you know, for unless you're already established, like challenge, and I think you've got to look for a different angle that's maybe even completely different, but shows a new level of excitement around yeah. you know, these things. But anyway, um, do you want to talk about this now and then put Andrew on after the sponsor? I care. I've confused you, haven't I? <laughs> I care. I've, conf- I've confused you. On WTC, have released some new rules, and Andrew's going to talk about it in an interview. But we'll just quickly do a bit of a wrap up because he doesn't give much detail in the interview around it. So, really, the, the, it's a transfer policy rule for North, um, no, for, for European athletes and for South African athletes, and basically it means that you can transfer your entry into another. Um, European or South African event for a, for a transfer fee of around about 25 British pounds. Um, you can basically go, well, I've, I've entered uh, Ironman Germany, but I don't want to race for whatever reason. If there's still space in Regensburg or whatever, which is a little bit later on, I can transfer my, my money across to that. Also, a 70.3, if you enter into, I don't know, one of the early season 70.3s, can't do it for whatever reason, then you can transfer it across for a small fee uh, into another race. So it seems like a a logical, uh, a good thing to do. Obviously, it's creating admin for them. I think they can transfer from Ironman to 70.3, so I think you can pretty much yeah, but go to any race within the But WGC. I don't know whether you get refunded the, the no, difference in price. No, you don't. You don't. said that the downgrade will not be refunded. Yeah, so good move. Um, I guess, you know, the only the only downfall that I see from it is whether you're going to start seeing more people entering a, a race for the just to, just to sort of double their chances in terms of if they don't have a, a fantastic race at, say, uh, an Ironman, an earlier season Ironman, sort of backing up and going, well, I'll, um, I'll enter this other one and then I'll transfer it across or something like that. I just Potentially that might start happening. I think, people- I, but I do think it's good, particularly for the injured athlete. Like, let's mm-hmm. say you're training for Ironman New Zealand, you get injured early December, but you've had a really good one to block, but it pulls out three weeks of your training, which, you know, you want to have a good Ironman New Zealand. Those three weeks could be really pivotal to kind of that success. Mm-hmm. And then you go, okay, well, I can't do Ironman New Zealand, but I could do Ironman Australia three weeks later and then, you know, if the race isn't sold out, you know, I think that's a really cool kind of solution. So, good move. Okay, John, well, let's do a sponsor. First of all, we're going to talk about Coffees of Hawaii. And Coffees of Hawaii, and I always talk about this this time of year, and John's actually gone to the page, haven't you? That's right. So, gift-giving time. Uh, you can go on Coffees of Hawaii. If you're struggling for gift ideas, you can get uh, you can get just gifts, gift cards, so they can actually go in there and choose what they want. The other thing that they've got quite a lot of on, on Coffees of Hawaii is the different gift tin options, so they wrap up nicely, sit well under the Christmas tree, you get a couple of different sorts of uh, coffees in there so they get a nice little bit of choice. I do like the gift card idea because if you don't 
you know, like it's kind of like buying your, your wife, a, you know, some clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you buy them and mm-hmm. you cross your fingers and you always get a refund card, don't you? And if you're, and if you're sending it, say, overseas to somebody else, um, to a, a distant relative or something, you may not know whether what sort of blend they like, whether they like yeah, doing a plunger, like John and I might like the Molokai Express. Yeah, we might like the Molokai Express. But, you know, you might like the build your own tin gift. Exactly. So that way, all, all business gifting programs, this is cool. A lot of you people out there right now have got businesses and, you know, maybe service businesses or something like that and you want to kind of think of a gift that you can give to your clients that is good. And to be honest, towels and pens and all the rest of it. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Can you ever have too many towels? Well, I don't know about that. But I, I kind of think you, if you actually went to the Coffees of Hawaii page, which is on their website, and you look at the business gift program and what you can do is they can actually package it and they can even put your own packaging on there as well so it looks like they can do some pretty great stuff which will help kind of do your gift as well and they sell the sets and it's, it's really great so it's another way of looking at kind of gifting stuff over this period of time coming up to the Christmas season coffeesofhawaii.com check 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 it out okay John we've got an email from our good friend Jessica at WTC saying Andrew's got some news Andrew Messick uh, so we gave him a nickname and I'm pretty sure he doesn't like it he loves it he loves it <laughs> so here he is just talking about a few th- um, WTC updates here we go um, on I Am Talk, we often give uh, people nicknames. And, oh, we've got a nickname, have we? We've got, <laughs> got a nickname. This is new. I never knew it. We've got the CEO of um, Iron Man on the line to announce a few things. And like, when we last spoke to him, Kona, he, we were talking up the rugby. Yeah. And he, he saw... He did predict us winning the All Blacks. He, he yeah. saw that we were going to win, that New Zealand were going to win the Rugby World Cup. So it's going to be Andrew the Messiah Messick. Oh, well, nice. Welcome back to the show. and Thank you for, for, for setting out a, a great prophecy for us. Well, it, uh, I would love to take credit for uh, for the All Blacks performance in the Rugby World Cup, but uh, alas, it is not true. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, um, yeah, last time we saw you, it was in, in Kona, and, and uh, obviously a bit of water on the bridge since then. You know, you've had um, a few more Ironman races um, been been going on, and I guess one of the things that I saw in the news in the last week was uh, some changes to sort of the transfer rules for some of the North American and South African athletes. Um, what's the, sort of the feedback um, been around that? Well, by and large, it's been good from our European athletes, and, and I'm happy that we're, that we're testing the, the transfer policy. I think it's, it's, a, it's a good way for, for us to be able to see if, if some changes in the way that we handle registrations and, and our athlete policies, if, if those make sense to be syndicated more broadly and and if there's uh, an applicability for those types of rules either in North America or in Asia Pacific so we'll we'll see how how it is perceived and and how it works uh so far the reaction from the athletes has been very positive and uh and we just want to make sure that uh that it's we're going to continue to get good performance it's going to be it's going to work for us it's going to work for the athletes and then and then we'll look and see if it makes sense to uh to syndicate it more broadly. In terms of um, you know, races around the globe, you know, we know that a lot of people that have got uh, money in the bank and they're doing quite well for themselves will often enter a number of races to sort of back up their chances. You know, if they're a Kona qualifiers, they might enter a couple of North American races, or if they're in Europe, they might enter a couple to to sort of just just in case they don't make it. Um, do, do you have quite a high rate of um, did not start at, at events um, across the globe or not? I wouldn't say it's high. It it, it varies somewhat. Uh, there's always going to be a, a small number of people who who for whatever reason aren't able to aren't able to race, be it injury or change of job or change of life circumstance. But it, but it isn't a big number, and and I think that we, we want to continue to be flexible for athletes to the extent that we can. Uh, you know, Europe is, uh, you know, or European races, I think, are a good place to try this because, by and large, uh, our fools in any event don't sell out as quickly as as they do in North America and, and increasingly in, in Asia Pacific. So there's more of an opportunity for people to be able to say, "I'll sign up for you know, Ironman Austria and Klagenfurt," and if something happens and I, I'm not ready for that. Then I can transfer that to Ironman Wales, which is two months later. And, so, and, and given that, by and large, with the exception really of, of Frankfurt and, and Klagenfurt, 
you know, we don't have races that are that are selling out in five minutes or in 10 minutes or in 15 minutes, like Ironman Florida, Arizona, uh, Melbourne. And so having a little bit more flexibility for our athletes is something that, that we can do and, and we're happy to do. You know, if this is successful and you move into the North American market where races do seem to sell out just ridiculously fast, it's almost could that almost be impossible to transfer to that market because of that situation? Well, that's part of what we have to look at. And, and part of what we have to see is, is whether... You know, whether that's going to work, whether you know the extent to which we want to encourage athletes to to switch down from fulls to seventy point threes, our our seventy point threes tend not to sell out as quickly as as our fulls, yep. and you know when those represent huge commitments of of both effort, uh, you know and uh, and attention for our athletes as well. So we 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 really want to take a look at it and see see how it works and and understand how the athletes are. Availing themselves to to the new rules, and uh, and then we'll see. And what else have we got? Any other exciting news coming out of WTC in the foreseeable future? Well, a, a couple things that we're taking pretty hard looks at right now, uh, and I, I think they're going to be perceived very positively and and have the potential to be very interesting and a lot of fun. Uh, we're we're looking at implementing age group world rankings for 2012. Oh, wow. And creating a, a global system of uh, of evaluating age group athletes uh, based on their performance uh, across multiple races over the course of the year, uh, full Ironman distance races, seventy point threes and fifty one fifties, and athletes will have an opportunity to earn points and based on their performance in their age group across races. And and then there'll be a global evaluation system, uh, so you can see where you rate in your age group uh, versus people in your country, in your region, or around the world. And would this be something you'd be looking towards putting something like a, I don't know a champion at the end of it for each age group and stuff like that? Is it, is it kind of you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's part of what we think is kind of interesting is is the ability to to one evaluate athletes across multiple distances so that so that you you can create a, a more uh, you, the, the ranking you're going to create isn't just limited to full Ironman or 70.3 but but there's a reward and a benefit associated with versatility yep. being able to race effectively at multiple distances which which is something that that we think just makes sense more broadly within the sport it, we're a company of largely long-distance triathlon races, and, and we know that athletes race at multiple distances, and we think it's a good thing for athletes to race at multiple distances. Uh, you, your body just can't accommodate that many full-distance races in, in any given period of time, especially for age groupers uh, who, who generally don't have the time to build up the base of fitness that our professional athletes do. But, but we think that you know, we, we have, between all the races that we manage and, and own around the world, you know, there's a lot of races, and to be able to see you know, who's best, and is it an Australian athlete, is it a New Zealand athlete, is it an American athlete, a Canadian, a German, a, a Frenchman, a Spaniard? Um, I think it's uh, that that has the potential to be a lot of fun, and you know we we're looking at putting Kona slots against it as well, and uh, and potentially a couple other things. So we think that. Uh, but those types of initiatives are, are ones that uh, that could be pretty fun and it could create an opportunity for people to, to really engage more deeply in the sport. I guess, does that mean we're going to see more of the 5150 series popping up on a global scale? Because to a large degree, it's mainly been North American races to this stage. I know there have been some in Europe, um, but is that something we're, we're likely to see in the next 12 months or is it more likely to be a bit further down the track? I think we'll see. We're definitely going to see some new races, some new 5150 races, and and those are going to be a combination of races that we start ourselves, or start with partners, and and existing races that that become part of the 5150 series. So we think that there'll be both, but we think we'll have more next year for sure. 
I guess one of the gripes we've, we've seen that, have come, that has come up lately has been um, the cancellation of some of the 51-50 races in, in the States. You know, I think people's perception is they see the, the big ones selling out and, um, and, and their perception is you know, WTC's making great money out of these ones, but when it comes to ones that perhaps are, have not got as many participants in them, then it's, it seems like a couple of them have been, have been cancelled for financial reasons. What's, uh, whether, whether that's true or not, I'm not quite sure, but what's your sort of response to the, sort of the, 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 percep- there, yeah. the perception out there around some of those cancellations? Well, I, well first, we, we did cancel a number of 5150 50 events. There's, there's no doubt about that. I, I think the criticism isn't fair. And I, I don't think we do anyone a service by, by creating a race that, that isn't going to be you know, worthy of an athlete's efforts. And you know, I'm certainly not happy with the job that we've done uh, on some of the races. And, and it was my decision to, to ultimately move away from some of the races, especially in North America, um, which, which is never an easy decision. It's not a part of the job that anyone likes, but at the same time, I feel like for us to be able to be the race organizer that, uh, that we want to be and, and to deliver a certain level of, of experience to athletes, um, we have to be, you know, we have to be prepared to make difficult choices. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes a difficult choice is to say, we thought this was going to be a great race, but it isn't. And if it isn't, are we doing, are we doing our athletes a disservice by, by keeping it? Or is it better just to say, you know, we're not ready right now. And, and we'll try again later when, when we have a more tight organizational model and we've got our act together. And, and that's the, that's the decision that I made on a couple of these races, and I think it was the right one. So, so the mistake was maybe to pick up races too fast earlier back, maybe before your time. I, I think we had. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that that we had too many fifty-one fifties that we started in 2011, and and we didn't have a, an organizational or an operational program behind it to make them successful, okay. and. And, and I think that, you know, that was a, a series of decisions that were made uh, before my time. Yeah. I understand why we made the decisions. And, and ultimately, I, I think our, our, uh, our eyes were a little bit bigger than our stomach when it came to, uh, to creating a bunch of races. I mean, creating a race is a hard, it's hard. It's not easy. It requires a lot of detailed work. It requires... That, that we be operationally tight, that we're able to capture the imagination of athletes, that we're able to develop the kind of relationships we need at the city level. And, and we weren't ready. And, and so I, I'd, I'd always rather not do something than do something poorly. Mm-hmm. Agree. Um, with regards to the, um, the the qualifying for the elite athletes for Kona um, this year, are we, do we see any changes to the the system? It, it appears on the face of it, um, that there's not going to be any significant changes. Was the feedback good, or is, is there any changes basically? But by and large, I think the system worked really, really well. I think that the number of athletes who weren't able to go to Kona, who should have been there was very, very small. Uh, it was a system that delivered the right athletes to the start line. Uh, I think that with an, an additional year, athletes are going to get smarter and smarter about how to organize their year to put themselves in a position to be at their best on the start line in Kona. Mm-hmm. And I think we're already seeing that in terms of when athletes are choosing to race. And, and I, I don't foresee any need for major change in the in the Kona qualifying process. Do, do, um, just going back to the, the age group um, ranking kind of system you're coming up with, have you, like logistically or, or like, you know, statistically, I imagine it's going to be a pretty big beast kind of coordinating how you're going to make that work. How's that going behind the scenes to actually make sure it's going to work like clockwork? Well, there's, there's, a, there's a substantial requirement for back-end IT architecture. Yeah. And, and we're... And we're well down the track to being able to make that happen. Uh, I think that we'll have it by the time the race season starts in earnest. I think we'll be in a position where where we'll have all of that um, up running and, uh, and and largely effective. And 
but I think that the the great thing about about having something like age group rankings is is it really does create a a, a compelling way to engage age groupers on a global basis and to give them an opportunity to compare their performance versus people in other countries or other regions. And, and there really isn't anywhere else to do that. And, you know, we also have the ability to, you know, to, as an adjunct to that program, to do things that are also kind of fun, like potentially create a you know, world club championship. Nice. And so to the extent that, that age groupers are affiliated with triathlon clubs, those points that an age grouper earns would accrue to, to the club. And at the end of the year, you know, there, there is a world Ironman age group triathlon champion. Just just as I'm thinking about it right now, one thing that could be cool about it as well is the idea that age groupers will get known as well. Top age group athletes will get a bit more of a reputation around the community, which is a good thing. Well, it, it, I think it has the ability to, to promote them and and their athletic accomplishments. And I think we all know that you know at, at every age, the, the top age groupers are extraordinary athletes, both in terms of ability and commitment and effort. And and for us to be able to get them more exposure is is something that we think makes a huge amount of success. Mm. Huge amount of sense, excuse me. Well, what about uh, any any other developments uh, that we, we're likely to see coming up? Well, I think those those really are are the big ones. You know, we're, we've talked and and are hopeful that we'll be in a position to to have uh, some adjustments to announce in the next. You know, few weeks on the pro side that uh, that could dovetail what I've already talked about, but uh, would provide more earning opportunity for for our professional athletes and and an enhanced opportunity to uh, to promote them as well. Right. So, so I think we're we're feeling good about 2012 so far. Uh, I think that uh, our experience with the revised Kona qualifying rules has been very positive. Those have been by and large embraced. Uh, in, a, in a universally positive way, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing a bunch of our legacy athletes racing in Kona in 2012. And and in terms of our other lottery athletes, I think we'll see uh, more based on on how that lottery works. We'll see more of our long-term athletes. Um, you know, their odds are going to be a lot better at being selected. So I think we'll see a a, a more experienced field of athletes coming through the coming through Kona next year and and that's exactly what we want we want uh, athletes who are longer term athletes and serious triathletes to be the ones who get preferred and uh, advantageous odds for getting into uh, getting into Kona just just on the on that last point you know we last time we spoke to you, you announced the you know, do 12 races, get to go to Kona kind of thing. Uh, the uptake, what's that been like for you guys? I imagine there's been a lot of interest. There, there has been a lot of interest. And and I think that we've got uh, just under 100 right now. Uh, legacy athletes have, have come through the application process. We're, yeah. we're, taking, 100, we're taking 100 legacy athletes in, in 2012. And, uh, and we've still got a ways to go until the lottery, the lottery window closes. But, you know, we've got got a good chunk of those guys coming in. Uh, we have, uh, you know, our overall response to the lottery has been pretty strong as well. And we expect that that's going to, that's going to continue. So there continues to be tremendous interest in, in racing Kona and great demand for being a part of the process. So, so far so good. And we're going to see you out there racing at all, um, over, over your winter time coming down under doing any events. Oh, well, I've been I've been challenged to race Rob Urbach, who's the CEO of USA Triathlon at Eagle Man, nice. next year. So I, I think I'll do that. And you know, Rob is a very gifted triathlete, and so I assume that he's going to smash me. <laughs> um, but beyond that, uh, I'll probably do. I'll, I'll, I'm endeavoring to do one full next year. You know, you, you which will be my third. You, you know, you sound like you've always worked in some pretty big organizations. You know, you, do you get some downtime? You're like, you know, do you, over Christmas time, do you guys, I know it's your American winter, so you may probably your holiday season, but do you actually get some time We you actually get to, a bit of a breather? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a week off at Christmas. Great. And uh, we're, we're going to the desert and I'm bringing my bicycle. 
Oh, nice. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you, as always, for your time, Andrew. We know you've got a lot on your plate. and uh, The Messiah. The Messiah. It's hard to get the Messiah's time. We will. We will. Oh, you got it. The Messiah statue, please, please don't. <laughs> it's stuck now. It's glue. So uh, we look forward to having you back on the show again sometime in the future. Thanks very much. Pleasure. Take care, gentlemen. What's Bevan? What did you think of it all? Yeah, uh, yeah. You could, well, it's obviously motivated towards getting athletes doing more of their races. It seems to come from that place as well. But I do, I do kind of think it'd be kind of cool. And then maybe it's a kind of top end. But you kind of think, well, for most people, you know, it will motivate a lot of top end people. But I know when people do marathons, they always love to see where they sit within the field overall. And some will go, oh, I got in the top 40%. I felt really good about that. Do you know what we need? What do we need, John? We need Torsten to get on the case because this is going to be the the issue I think that may come up is how the hell do you compare an Ironman New Zealand time to an Ironman Florida time? Torsten? You need to email WTC. I'm on it, mate. Uh, by the time this comes out, I'll pop up. I'm going to the top. Andrew's getting an email. Oh, really? So check out this guy. Well, yeah, but uh, I do. I kind of like it. I, like, it'll be interesting to see how it works. These ideas can often go the wrong way once you actually implement them. But and maybe it is too broad to actually figure it out. But I think for some people, the recognition, like if you could go to a, you know, because age groupers tend to give up all their time and don't get any money back, and to get even just your local bike shop or get some sponsorship from your local, you know, distributors. And go to them and go, look at even WTC rankings on top five age whipper in the world. Mm. You know, pretty cool. It'll be interesting to see if how, how big a factor Kona comes into into play as well, because as we know with the pro athletes, um, some guys, you know, like Jordan Rapp says, hey, it's not fair to have in Kona, you know, the world champion in Kona every year because they're great in those conditions. And, and likewise with with uh, age group athletes, um, if you're a big big guy, big powerful, strong guy, you're probably going to be more suited to a, um, a slightly cooler race. So... Yeah, 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 it'll be interesting to see how it goes because you could look at down some downfalls as well and go, well, does it just reward the guy who races a lot? Mm-hmm. You know, he might not be that fast, but you know, like, or does it reward the guy? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Torsten what model will come up with some statistical, uh, some statistical crunches, some algorithms for them. Algorithms, and, uh, John. They'll be away. Yeah, but I think the interesting thing is hopefully we we'll get Andrew back on the show in the next few weeks when they talk about ways and pros making more money mm-hmm. because I think that was. That could be very fascinating. I'm, I'm going to be bringing that up in the end of year show. Torsten's done some analysis, basically showing us uh, the new rock. How much people, how much the top pros earn. So I thought I'll save that for the end of year. Doesn't oh, did, has he? Yeah, it doesn't include Kona, which is good because that skews things a lot, and they're not earning a lot of money. <laughs> is, is, is pretty interesting, is it? Yeah, I must have missed that email. Yeah. Okay, so uh, behind com- behind the scenes, okay, I, so I do the important stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, and you just don't give me anything. <laughs> okay, discussion of the week last week we were talking about the corner qualifications. You know, they've got the new system in place, and, and as Andrew was just saying before, they're pretty happy with how it's gone this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not really going to tweak it too much, and and if, if anything. It's now about athletes learning how to play the game, really, isn't it? So, and that's what this was around. Is if you, if you were somebody that wants to get to Kona, this was the question: How would you go about um, about doing that in mm. terms of uh, strategically picking up your races? And most people took the angle on this uh, this post that they don't really care about WTC. Why would you do them? I'd just go and do other races. That wasn't really the question. Um, it was more a case of if do, you, do you guys need to listen better. Okay, that, that's what we're saying. Okay, this, yeah, we feel like your parents hypoth- right now. Hypothetically, we put it out there. If this is what you wanted to do. Matthew Bins uh, said he'd, I'd probably chase the challenge races. However, as an Aussie, I'd do the following. Ironman Western Australia late in the year, followed by Ironman Melbourne early next year, and then one of the North American races, such as Wisconsin. It would probably leave you a bit toaster for Kona, but you'd get there. John, I don't even care about the discussion of the week now, because I've just been on our Facebook page to do my P's. Yeah. And... Um, Good old Christopher Price. Are you on a Facebook page? No, he has, useless. He is the best Des and Troy photo of all time, John. Look at this. What are you going to do when the Hulkamania Des and Troy run wild on you? Look at that, John. And I reckon he can almost take you out for Harry Chess competition. No, no chance. No that chance. Is, that, that photo is going up on the website. That is a beautiful thing. So anyway, Christopher Price is my comment. What are you going to do when the Hulkamania Des and Troy runs wild on you, brother? Got, he's even got the, he's even got the handlebars. November going on. Oh, you rock. Uh, Jamie Swanson said, definitely be on the challenge campaign. Good prize money to pay the bills first and then use some dollars to enter Ironman lottery. There's no money as a tier two pro in Ironman, so best to live the dream for as long as you can without WTC. Um, I haven't really done my piece. Who have you said, John? 
I've said Give me one uh, to say. Matthew Bins, Jamie Swanson, and I'm doing Tom Langdon and Lisa Joanne Woolbridge. Okay, Helltower is going to drop into the age group category, spend $20,000 on travelling around the world, do 12 Ironman brand of races, certified lottery. So he's, yeah. he's a little bit more cynical. Divorce your wife, sell your kids too, and <laughs> just buy all your money to WTC. Oh, he's feeling happy about WC right now, Helltower. Because you could relatively easily if you had the bank balance is probably get yourself quali- get yourself into Kona in two years I mean one year 12 Ironmans in one year probably not going to be able to happen do you think if you DNF they keep a record of that like you know if you could, if you do 12 races mm. and you DNF them all could you don't still get a Kona slot don't know Mm-mm. maybe I it could be a flaw in the system Tom, uh, Tom Langdon nothing else to be said is there non-branded races uh, to get the prize money a load of 70.3s and then you must do an Ironman to go Go for one of the ones just before Kona when the big shots are out. Hey, John. Well, I think that's it because we only got nine this week. Poor effort team, sharpen yep. up. This week. Well, Lisa Joanne Walbridge says, "Who cares about WTC? Go to other races where you can get some money, and the organisers care that you are there." Okay. Okay, Bevan, how would you qualify for Kona if you were a pro, or would you want me to go first? Okay, well, let's let's put context on it. We did put context on it. You're a second tier pro. Mm-hmm. So you 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 what object, you've got to go okay what objectives have I got I've got to, okay first of all Kona is the goal so I want to get mm-hmm. to Kona I've got to make enough living mm-hmm. and I've got to be able to support myself through a year of racing so you need to be racing don't you Yeah I wasn't really I didn't really put that much context on it I was more of I want to get to Kona how am I going to do it Okay so you're just saying what points would you well yeah, because that's the thing I, I totally agree with most of these comments up there if if I was in a pro uh, if I was a second tier pro I wouldn't even look at Kona to start with but. That was the one piece of context was you want to get to Kona. Uh, I would be off there um, doing challenge races, maybe some Ironman races, I don't know, but I'd just strategically pick them to make money and, uh, and be, a, be a professional. Um, I think, I think you, you, my strategy would be try to get it early. So, because if, if you really was 100% focused on getting to Kona, you wouldn't want to wait till late season to guarantee, you know, mm-hmm. if it was, you also need to make money, you're not going to go, okay, we'll do a challenge through the middle of the season, try to get to Kona at the end of the season, because there's, the risk factor increases. Whereas if you try to get there early, maybe do some of the early season 70.3s, try to knock out a nine man that's not the high level ones, but, you know, if you could probably pull off a third to fifth, get some points from it, that could help. I've, I've done my piece, Bevan. Okay, well, so I'm finished. I'm okay, finished. Okay, okay, carry on. Yeah. Carry on. And then what I do, John, I go shopping. No, and then probably if you could get that done in the first six months or get close to it in the first six months, then you could look at a period of time where you could earn some money and then just do a few top-up 70.3s. The problem is you're at, you're at a reasonable disadvantage by not being at Kona where there is good points on offer. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, then you can go off and do a different Ironman at a similar sort of time and get some reasonable points there as well. So. And you can do one close to post yeah. Kona, so when most of their athletes won't be racing. So that would be um, stage one for me. Would be to do stage a, one. Well, you got to you got to think about stage it. Stage one. You think about it. Stage one is you do do an Ironman Delta Delta around the Kona period. So you'd either do one of the ones just before, which qualifies you for the next year. So Wisconsin or and which uh, isn't generally a strong field. Yeah. So you just sort of strategically pick one where you thought you could have, you could get some some points and also prize money would come into it. Arizona would probably be. A good choice because it's got better prize money and it's a slightly higher points level race. So I just that would be first first step is do a late season Ironman and try to maximise the amount of points I could get there. Um, then I'd be really looking at uh, I'd probably do the Asia Pacific seventy three champs because you reason we're pretty good prize money, okay field, um, but reasonable points and you're, pro- you're probably going to get a paycheck of some description. Uh, then I'd definitely do Ironman Melbourne and that would be sort of be my B race for for the year because. Good money, um, good points early in the season, so it's not going to disrupt your Kona qualification. Uh, and then, really, from there, I just look at some seventy point threes, you know, to, for 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 your main Northern Hemisphere part of your season, just to pick up a few extra points, so you can carry um, carry those uh, as part of your Ironman qualifying. And then, the the last piece to my puzzle would oh, be is this stage three. This is stage three. Good would be to do Important. Ironman um, New York. Purely as a training day, it's close to Kona, so it's it's a good time to do to just test run some things. But you certainly wouldn't want to be racing it that close to Kona. So, I would so why, why, why would you do it then? To get more points and to get a bit of prize money. It's good prize money. If you're you doing it as a training day, you won't get top ten. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't think second it'll be tier I, pro. I don't think it'll be. That. Well, it depends where you classify as a second tier pro. But yeah, but, it's, but it's the thing one. is, you would get some. You'd get some points there, no doubt. The the top tier guys certainly won't be there. Um, and what I would do, I'd go and swim and bike it as, a, as if it was an Ironman simulation. So I'd race that, and then I'd just cruise the run. Um, 
and I'm, I'm pretty confident that would still be enough to get, to get some prize money and get some points. And I'm pretty sure that would get you there, um, looking at those. So I'd, do, I'd start off with a late-season Ironman, did the Asia-Pacific 70.3 champs, um, Ironman Melbourne because that's got good points and good prize money, a couple other 70.3s, and then New York as a training day just to get ready for, for Kona. So uh, I think that would get you there. Okay, John. Well, this week coming up, we've got uh, a new discussion of the week, and it's an interesting discussion of the week because we've talked about this year we're going to have the first annual IM Talk end of the year wrap up show. We do that every year, don't we? Well, we're going to be a bit more official this year. We've given it a title. Give okay? me, you're giving me a job to do that. <laughs> give me a title. Give me a job. I do that well, for you a lot. Well, to be honest, we're actually giving Thurston Thorst the job, really, because we want, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's our geek and he loves doing all the geeky stuff. And he, he said he's a little bit lacking in motivation lately mm-hmm. because he doesn't have much geeky stuff to do and he's busy at work. And to be honest, it's a labour of love for Thorston. So to be honest, we tight donate to him because he probably needs the money. But in regards to. This one, he's going, well, we're going to do a wrap-up for the end of the season. And so he, if you've got some questions for Thorsten, for, for him to research around statistically some of the things that you may want to look for within the last year of racing. And we need to look at pros because he doesn't have all the stats on all the age grippers. So centre that around the pro athletes. Okay, so that is ideas for Thorsten for the 2011 I am talk annual wrap up show. Mm. See that? It sounds go. good, doesn't it? Yeah. You know that? Okay, then um, we were going to do an age group of the week, but you guys don't love anyone. Yes, yeah, start, start sharing the love. <laughs> we don't have any age groupers of the well, week. What are we doing? Old school, John. Yeah, but we don't have time today because I've got to be oh, out of here in okay. uh, 11 minutes. Okay. So um, but we 11 need, minutes? Yeah, we need people to be uh, start donating some, for sending in some age groupers of the week. Okay, let's talk about sponsors, John. Athlinks.com. And one thing we're looking at this weekend is Ironman Western Australia is coming up next weekend. And John's been on the website from Athlinks.com. And he's. Well, one thing that I've uh, been wondering if it w- works very well or not on Athlinks um, is their new system. Which... The RPI K- uh, thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because. Um, they, they put it up there, which is great before the race, but then once the race is in progress, has um, it really it, delivered? It, it goes into the um, history books. It, it goes in history books, and then they obviously put the results up there. So I've actually saved something here for I'm in Western Australia. Mark Giergen, um, he's rated a 4.7, so he should finish in the top 5% of his age group. Uh, he's in the 48. Uh, he's 40, uh, 48 years old. He's got a PR of 9.23. Wow, I'm 48 years old. So nice. Then we've got Nick Baldwin. Uh, he's got he's finished in the top 6.8% of his age group, and he's ta- he, his goal. He's taking take a big step up. 8.59.59. So he wants to lose 30 minutes off his PB. That's pretty hard when you can do that speed, isn't it? Yes, but he's only got two Ironman races under his belt. But it's not not possible, John. What's not possible? It's not not possible. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I lost it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not possible. You're going to do it, Nick. I've got faith in you. Come do on, it. Nick. You can do it. Uh, Richard Houghton, uh, he should finish in the top 53% of his age group. He's targeting 11.15. And then uh, T- Timo, T- Timo um, he is, should finish in the top 70%. So what I've done here, I'm going to go back and those first four guys that I've just mentioned there, we're going to go back once the results go up. And we're going to see um, how accurate if, if how accurate it was. Whether you did finish in the top five percent market, whether you did finish in the top seven percent nick, and we will see how it all pans out. So that's one of the cool little funky things they're doing on Athlinks is uh, giving you a bit of a rating in terms of uh, prediction where you should finish in your age group at that particular race based off your um, previous times. Yeah, John. I was just yawning. In. Mark's done sixty-six races, and it says he's done seven in his races column. Is that because he's done seven iron distance races? Are we assuming that's what's happened? Uh, where are you looking? Well, if you look at Mark, our top guy. Oh, yes. Yep, seven iron distance races. So, yep, so, he's, done, so he's got 66 races on Athlinks. Mm-hmm. Wow, he's raced a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's got seven on iron distance racing, which then gives him a pretty much a good chance if he can pull off the time based on previous results. So he's in the top 5% of his age group in the race. And obviously... The more races I've done, it's likely the more accurate this is going to be. Yeah, totally. But yeah, that's another reason to get up there and get your race results up there every time. And we've got uh, Niyoki Honda from the States, looking like they're doing their first Ironman, t- aiming for 11.30. Paul Hackett, also looking like doing his first Ironman here, the 10.45. Aiming Michelle for Bruce. That. Lots of first-timers on there. From Sydney, Australia, Michelle Bruce. Yeah. Gary Mayer, aiming for 11.30. Yeah, nice. And then we've got Andrew Roberts. He's going 14 hours. That's his goal. Good stuff. So everybody doing Western Aust- Sun Smart Ironman Western Australia who do their peas before the race, John, you have, have to, fun. This yeah, we're going to give them lots of love. Go Sun Smart. What Sun Smart do you reckon? Do you reckon it's like a government wear sunblock? I'm picking it as, yeah. Yeah, okay. John, let's do some music. We haven't done music. Let's do music. Yes, yeah, in there. Here's the music.
Website of the week. I have to say, I just got Blue John's eardrums out there. Just about. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the Audio Technica headgear on, and it's really high quality, and so we can see hear ourselves really clear when we're doing the show. And uh, I've got the output going through the headphones, and the, the background music was pretty loud for the boys. Well, <laughs> John, John, John looked like he had in the car crashes. <laughs> a bit of head jacks back. <laughs> One other thing I will say is, from show 18 to show 287, is uh, when we used to do Website of the Week, it was like both of us to go together. Website of the Week. Oh, really? So, oh, so we didn't put that vigour into it. Yeah, we're 100% nowadays, John. We're 100% committed. Okay, John, well, Website of the Week this week, I had a bit of a check out of it. Who's seen it through, do you know? I just put it, put it up there myself. Oh, the John, John Newsom Website John of the Week. John Newsom submitted this one. John Newsom, no E. John and Newsom? the website is canovia.org. K-I-N-O-V-E-A dot So it's an open source thing. Yes. So it's an open source from the looks of it. It's an open source program that you can download. Is it only PC? Open source means free. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive they have a Mac version, but, I'm, but I, I wouldn't know because I haven't used it, but I'm pretty sure they do. And so and it's a way that you – as a movement analysis, is it's it? It's basically a, a, a fantastic tool. There's, there's some great tools out there um, that you can use for analyzing – your video clips of yourself um, swimming, biking, or running, yep. um, or doing whatever, whatever. Lots of physios and stuff use them, don't they? And the, the, they're generally uh, quite expensive. But Canovia, as Bevan says, is open source, which means free, and it basically does almost everything you're ever going to need to do in terms of analysing your technique. So you can have sort of uh, one of the key things you can do. You can have sort of split screens, so you can be, you know, if you if you took yourself swimming, you can have uh, yourself swimming from, from a front-on angle on one side, and then on the other side of the screen, you can have your swimming um, side from on. side on and you just queue it up and you can just have them going and, and synchronised together. Yeah, have you played around with it? Yeah, you can draw lines on it. It's so, you, so you can check out alignment, you can yeah. check out all that kind of stuff. You can go slow-mo through everything. And that's um, it's one of the downfalls of, say, YouTube. It's very difficult if you upload anything to YouTube. You can't really go through frame by frame, whereas using tools like Canovia, um, then you can just go through frame by and frame. And what you could frame. do is, because you can actually, if, if you know how to kind of get around it, which is actually pretty easy if you do a, a Google search, is that you can download YouTube clips mm-hmm. onto your own computer. Mm-hmm. So, And then what you could do is let's say you could, you could get a top swimmer, someone like Torpedo or, or Phelps, get them next to you and then see what they're doing in, in comparison to what you're doing. Yeah, so there's it's just a free resource. So you've used it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah not it, extensively yet, um, but... Uh, but sports, it's, it's easy enough to use, yeah, it makes sense. The sports science guy that I that I know, um, he uses, uh, you know, has used paid, per, per, paid for versions in the past and he says this does everything you're going to need to do. Wow. It's free. Well, there you go. So it's, it's um, K-I-N-O-V-E-A.org um, is the website, but we'll put a link to that on www.imtalk.me because it looks pretty great. And oh, yeah. it, it, it's, it's it's such an important thing, like an awareness tool around movement. Most of us don't actually know what we move mm-hmm. like. Totally. You know, unless you can see the, the reflection of yourself when you're out running or something in, in a shop's window or something like that. But really, most people, and that's only a few seconds, most people have no idea around how they move. And video analysis is really great in itself. But if you can have a tool that can then you can pinpoint where your alignment is at. It, it's massive for injury and for technique and for running better. And, and, and so often, like you know, um, getting expert advice from a from coach or whoever is going to be fantastic, but often just looking at yourself is going to give you a, a few big steps in the right direction. And you know what I find the interesting thing with this stuff is, is that as a coach, you know, I've, I've got runners and all that, you, you – you tell people stuff, but it's not like, kind of they don't believe you. No. You know, they think they're – I don't even know if they think they're better than they are. But if you can do a video of them, they go, wow. Hmm. It really opens their eyes up to, you know, the, where there are faults in their running. And so um, something like this is a really wicked tool. And you can, these days, you know, the, the quality of uh, an iPhone, things like that, is often good and good enough. Yeah, just. well, um, no, the new iPhone's amazing, yeah, apparently. It's got yeah. enough frames in there that you can slow it down and, uh, and really see what's going on. So – Check it out. Check, check, check it out. I'll put a link to that on www.imtalk.me. Next sponsor, John, we're going to be talking about extreme endurance. I've got to make my font bigger, Bevan. Goodness, I can't go here. Maybe Chris, you should bring your glasses so. around, mate. Well, no. What size font have I got? Wait a second. Your partner works at a laser place. Yeah, but that font is six. Who, who out there can read font size six? Me. I've got my hand up. <laughs> but, <laughs> you probably can't see my hand. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> where are you, Bevan? Where are you? Well, why, are you? Well, why don't you... Um, why don't you get your lasers? Because I'm not suitable. It's not like oh. my mind is just purely 
is distant stuff, but yours is, you make the font. Well, it's on your computer and you made no, it. No, that's my, that's my font. <laughs> anyway, my eyes are fine. I've actually got to go get my driver's license this week. I'm sorry. Oh, really? And so I'll, I'll come back to you and let you know if I'm safe to drive without If class. you're biking around next week, I know you haven't got it. Mm. So Extreme Endurance, um, just remember that if you're ever searching for Extreme Endurance in Europe, um, it's X-Endurance. They don't use the word extreme when they're over there. Um, it's, I'm just going to basically read some stuff off their website with regards to their, the testing that they've done. So when they tested Extreme Endurance, it's the only product in the world that's got a gold standard, third-party, double-blind, placebo-controlled, Controlled crossover study that has been published. Um, the third, st- third party means that uh, that basically they didn't do it. They got somebody else to do the testing, and uh, it, was sort of, it was all totally blind. So nobody knew what was going on. Many companies pay other companies to hopefully get good results. We hired a company to test Extreme Endurance, and we had no knowledge of Lifespan International, which is um, so they, they don't actually know the company that's no. testing for them. And the results were off the charts with 15% reduction in lactic acid and double-digit increases in anaerobic threshold. Interestingly, the place that actually did the study is just down the road from where Challenge Rope is held. In oh, Hipp- really? Hippelstein, okay. which is um, – my phone's beeping away, Bevan, so – You're right there? Uh, Okay, well, Jürgen uh, Sensen, the lead researcher of the study and the owner of the... Jürgen Sensner. Oh, okay. Um, in Germany, he's basically so impressed with the results of the 10-day study that he asked if he could do his own study using the active product of five of the pro triathletes for a longer 30-day study. He found that the second study, that with a longer use of the extreme endurance, there was a continual improvement in the increase of VO2 max and power output. All of the athletes wanted to stay on the product. And so basically, if you want to just find out a little bit more about um, the tests they did, go to Extreme Endurance, and they've got sort of a one-page um, summary there in terms, in terms of what the results were, and you can check it out. But if you want to buffer that lactic acid and make sure your legs recover nice and quickly after races, go to xendurance.com and use the codes IMTALK, and you get yourself a discount. And yeah. if you're outside of... Uh, States or North America, um, you just need to pop them an email and you still get the discount, but obviously the shipping's a bit more, but the discount will generally come. Well, and I think it's the thing is, for someone like me, I, I just kind of buy the product and think if it works, but for some people, they really like to geek out on this stuff, and it's all on their website, so again, check it out, xendurance.com. Okay, John, quickly, questions and answers. Right. No, no, we have to do one. Got to do one? Yeah, because we've got an email from, from Rob Shaw, and he's okay. saying he's got he's got great coverage of Kona this year, and I thought you might be interested to hear about an event that Chrissy Wellington is doing over here in the UK this December. Okay. She's supporting a great charity at the Jane Tomlinson, Tomlinson Appeal, but hosting a 5K run and training session followed by some food and a question and answers. It's on December the 21st in Leeds, and there's more details at the website runwithchrissy.com. So I'll put a link to that on www.imtalk.me. The website's really cool. The design of it's really cool and it's obviously you know Chrissy's a pretty well known athlete out there and it's a good chance to get all different types of people out there just to be surrounded by Chrissy and to learn but also really it's about raising money for this foundation the Jane Tomlinson appeal so nice Bevan took me uh, 12 12 13 minutes to bike here today I had to bike up today so I've got 14 minutes to get home I think I should be able to do that with a bit of downhill assistance yeah I think from here to your house 10 well it'd be but downhill, it's 2k from the bottom of the hill to your house, right? So, how long would that take you on the bike? Not long, okay. I think I'm okay. I think we've got three minutes <coughs> to, to get to ramble here, okay? We've just quickly asked, sponsors are coffeesofwire.com, it's gift time team, athlinks.com. Let's see how well you do, and extreme endurance. But the science proves, okay, John, what's your goss? What is my goss? Entries coming in okay for the house travel uh, triathlon. Tell your friends, tell your family. And it's coming up December the 11th, uh, so they have, I think, sort of building towards that. And other than that, I need to get off my butt and start doing some exercise again because since last Sunday's race, I've well, done next This is really interesting for you because you you, you, you were going to go to the, the Worlds mm-hmm. and you kind of decided, no, it's not really spinning your wheels or it's just not going to work out. So you pulled the plug on that. So what's going to be the goal? Well, I'm thinking probably Auckland Marathon next year, and I'll do some running um, between now and then. Um, but obviously I'll have the camp in Kona. If you want to come over to Kona, we'll sort spaces on the Kona camp, which is end of May, and it's going to culminate with the 70.3 over there. So I have to be somewhat fit for that. Um, but I'm thinking Auckland Marathon could be, could be the go. Who's yeah. talking? Bevan's just having a little sleep over there. So you're your totally mind. right. I need to have a goal because uh, otherwise um, I'm going to sometimes just, just, just let things roll and just sort of – don't keep very fit, and I don't. I'm not very happy when I'm not fit. You, you need a goal. That's the thing. You mm. always need to focus. Yeah. So I'm just. I'll do some five k races over, over summer. Um, maybe find a half marathon or something to do. But try to do a, a long term focus for the Auckland Marathon. I no, think. no, of course. Uh, you're on the weekend. What about the election? You're pretty happy with the election. 
Yeah, it was it was not bad. But we're not allowed to talk politics. You say don't talk politics. No, no, no I, think, I think we do. It makes it yeah. more controversial. Winston Peters. <laughs> Did you know? I've heard it from him. <laughs> <laughs> makes me angry. But anyway, um, what was the other thing I was going to say? What are you up to, Ben? What's your, what's your next event going to be? Uh, I mean, I'm really thinking about events right now. No? Music, music makes the people okay. come together. No, I'm um, John. You know what I did last weekend? I went up to Auckland. Went to Waikiki Island. Right. Have you been there? Uh, don't know. It's quite beautiful. We sat in this hotel. I'll tell you what, yeah. John. Awesome food. Smallest board. Tell you, what, I think I put on a bit of weight last weekend. Maybe I should choose an event right now. Yeah, because it was you know smallest board. You're pretty hopeless Can't anyway. Back. But when it's good food. Free, oh. free smorgasbord, you have to pay for it. No, no, it was all free. <laughs> it's high class for me. It tastes better when it's free. It tastes, be- <laughs> it tastes better when it's free. But drunk people. So yep. Saturday night we had a court session. Have you ever had a court session? No. No, it's a bit of a rugby head thing, isn't it? Mm, very much so. For those of you who don't know what you mean, what we're talking about, in rugby in New Zealand, most Saturday nights teams will have court sessions and it's basically you just get people to – it's an excuse to drink. And I don't drink. So if I got the good thing about for me was that if I – got an accusation with me normally you'd have to scull a glass of beer but for me I didn't have to I just got to give it to someone else so my good mate Amy Styles from Auckland who mm-hmm. is an Ironman and all the rest of it she's a pretty good athlete in the day she I got her absolutely trolled. she was gone burger and, uh, <laughs> and it's quite rewarding getting someone else smashed <laughs> like, I don't drink and I got nothing I got nothing against drink if you want to drink it's all good but it's quite because at first she was like oh what are you doing Bevan and, I, and then I was deliberately because they had stupid rules like you can't cross your legs and stuff yeah. like that so I just crossed my legs oh Buffalo or something like that. Oh, stars. And she was a little bit gone bigger by the end of it, John. Okay. We've got one minute, Bevan. New podcast is starting next week. Oh. We haven't even done a little intro. We're going to have to do that. We're going to have to come back and we'll do that. Um, oh, when are you going to do that? Well, I don't know. I have to come oh. back and do it because. Uh, we can do it Skype. Yeah, we want to make it a, a good. Yeah, no, we've got to do it properly. Yeah, no, but I'm busy, John. I've got a busy life. So am I. Um, well, wait, but, 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 Legends of Triathlon is starting December home. 1st. Does it mean no? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I've got to talk to somebody in 10 minutes' time. Um, so, Legends of Triathlon is coming out next week. Uh, oh no, this week on December the 1st. We're going to round that. We're, each time um, we release a show, we're going to be having a Blue 70 item um, going up for auction on eBay. We're going to have a Blue 70 Helix wetsuit going up for auction on eBay. And uh, it's going to be a good deal. It's probably going to start at about half price what you normally would pay for a Helix and then just go crazy. So, it's a great way for you guys to. Support the show and get yourself a good deal. Get a deal on eBay. The thing is, our first our first guest, and it's a great interview we recorded last week, is Spencer Smith. We got Spencer Smith on the show, and he was it was a great interview. Eh? Our twenty of gold. He was great, eh? Yeah, he was so, really really great because he's just an open character, eh? He's mm. an open book, and he's like, hey, this is a deal. Mm. So, um, we're going to be releasing that Thursday New Zealand time. That would be the first here. So, is it Thursday? Yep, Thursday the first. So, um, oh, is it Wednesday? Oh no, it's January there. Yep, Thursday the 1st. So releasing that Thursday the 1st. Now, what we need you guys to do is to tell the world about it because mm. um, it's a new show. It means we won't get much iTunes publicity at first, but once you guys you start downloading it, subscribing to the show, we'll put a link to it on we'll do. We may even do a small release on this stream of podcast release so you guys know it's coming. But um, that way we just want to get as many people knowing about this. So you can get it to the forums, if you can Twitter it, all the rest of it. It's, it's one show we, we really wanted to create. You know, this sport is so young and no one's really kind of created the history and so many of the good stories of our story, of our sport are getting lost as time goes on. So, And this audio form works really well. So Yeah, so it's coming out uh, this week. And if you don't, I'll get, I'll get you buffaloed. We'll have a court session, you'll That's get right. Tom Burger. There yep. we go. Through the internet. Okay, John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. <clears throat> I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. He's shutting down his computer. He's gone. <laughs> He's out of here. <laughs>